Merry Christmas, stupid. Hey, come on, I told you, just because they listen to me, they're not stupid. Anyway, uh, welcome to Creative Psychopaths. It's a horror movie podcast, is it? It is, absolutely. And it's Christmas time. So uh, this is the sort of penultimate episode before we have our uh, Christmas break. I think penultimate means the one before. Who's to say? Um, Anyway, it's Krampus. It's Christmas. Go listen to it now. Uh, Yeah? Yeah. All right. Hello everyone and welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and of course the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches with me, Mark and him, Matthew. Hello there. Hello, how are you today? I'm not too shabby, I'm keeping going. Keeping moving forward, that's the best you can hope for really, isn't it? feeling more and more festive by the day. (laughs) Like uh, Tim Allen in that film. Yeah, but I can't grow a beard. Oh, that's it a upsets shame. me. Yeah, I have beard and belly. It just, I just don't look like Santa. Um, no, give me, Yet. give me a few years. Give me a few years, and I might be, might be away with it. Um, oh, so we're continuing on along our festive season. Um, I told you this last week if you were listening, everybody. But this week we're doing the movie Krampus. Ooh, exciting! But before we get to Krampus, we've got. I don't know. Bits. First slice of bread. First slice of bread. We've got all the other bits. I do want to follow up with you, though, that um, last week we talked about my coolness and uh, Roblox. I did go on Roblox, in fact. Not not to get myself cool, but um, to help my son unlock some skins on a game. Can you um, explain to me what, Roblo- blo- what Roblox is, then? <laughs> because I can't even say it, as we uh, yeah, no. just discovered. No, it's... Um, well... It's it's just a it's like a place where you can play loads and loads of different games. But there's oh, one okay. there's there's one game that they play called Piggy, where one of the characters is like not really a murderous pig, but like a pig that goes around chasing people and if you catch them then you know they're out of the game. So but, is it like uh you know, like an like an arcade? Are they like properly licensed? Like old games and stuff, or is it? No, no, it's all like made by people. Made by people. You can download a thing on your computer and make a game of yourself. Because there's a lot of obstacle courses and quizzes and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm properly aging myself here, aren't I? It's pretty good fun. Well, and I don't know if it's pretty good fun. Basically, what happened was I was enlisted to cheat. Um, so we went on there. He made his own server where I was the pig, and uh, my task was to not get him. While he ran around <laughs> unlocking unlocking skins for his character, so you know that was my that was really my sort of um, experience with Roblox. But you know that I did I did actually know I tell a lie. I did briefly play a horror game on it called Doors, which was quite exciting. You just keep having to go through doors, and the more doors you get through, the tenser it gets. And it was better than it should have been. Um, <laughs> okay. 
So there you go, everyone. Roblox, doors, get on with it. And I think it probably boosts my coolness level up slightly. I don't know. Um, Certainly among, you know, people aged 14 and under. Well, based on based on what you were saying last week, all I really need to do now is play Fortnite and learn to floss, and I'll I'll be I'll be back in the I want to say cultural zeitgeist, but I don't know if that's a real thing. Um, yeah. So, oh, hello. I just miss the days where all you had to do was give people cigarettes to be cool. Yeah, or have oh. just have a lighter on you. I always used life to have a was simpler then. Yeah. Even when I didn't smoke, I had a lighter on me just in case a girl wanted to ask me. Um, oh, have you got a light? Of course I have a light. Um, for you, I have a light. For you, I have a light, yeah. Not for anybody. No, really. I was saying that to you, Mark. I'll, I'll <laughs> oh, give dear. you fire. Thank you. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on here. Uh, <laughs> we've gone. We've lost it. We've gone uh, weird with it. We've gone weird. Um, so, would you rather... Now, I did have a sort of vague would you rather, um, but... Um, I'm adjusting it slightly. So, uh, we will get to this later, but in Krampus, there's a few demonic toys, as it were. Um, okay. So, but I'm going to offer you some protection. Okay. But, in terms of just making sure you know what I'm referencing, I'm going to offer you uh, the Chucky family. So, that would be Chucky... Um, Glenn slash Glenda and Tiffany. There you go. I think that's right. <laughs> um, or I'm going to offer you a small group of gremlins in terms of protection. Um, the the gremlins will not attack you, and neither will the Chuckies. Okay. Um, so I'm going to offer you them as um as protection, basically. So. Who who are you going to go for? Who do you think is going to offer up the best protection against them? Um, so, oh, right. So when is it protection against like everything? It's protection against what going on in the movie Krampus, I guess. Because there's that there's that big Jack in the Box looking thing, isn't there? That's yeah, got the the predator mouth. Yeah. See, I'm just thinking Gremlins probably wouldn't be. All that much use, but well, then again, that would Chucky and, and core against something that size. But I think they would both be possibly equally adept at fighting the the little shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, how, that how was... many gremlins are there? Do I have well, access to water? I was just thinking that um, in this movie, has the water been shut off as well? I don't think it has. has I it? think the pipes were probably frozen. The pipes sure. are probably frozen, so your access to water is limited. Okay. Um. So you're not likely to be able to. Well, I'll give you an amount of gremlins. Six gremlins. How's that? So it's six gremlins versus three Chuckies. Um. That that's what you gain. Although, I'm, as I recall, Glenn slash Glenda didn't have much um, appeal for violence, so I don't know whether uh, they would be up to much <laughs> so i think the, the question here is then is that where, where does the, the gremlins greater number and their proclivity for hijinks where does that end and chucky's sadism begin you know where, where does the balance tip there i'm not entirely sure um i mean i think I, I'm, I'm assuming i'm allowed to fight as well 
Yeah, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you'll you'll have the same access to everything. I think though that um Can I have the mum from Gremlins? I reckon she'd be <laughs> she'd take a few of them out at least. No, that's a, that you've gone OP there. That's too much. No, I I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the Chucky clan because I, I think like in terms of numbers, if I'm in there as well, I think I count for like two gremlins, maybe. So I think right. the numbers advantage that you get in there is not as strong. And I think if they if they piss Chucky off, like they're gonna like Chucky's gonna go for it. Yeah, and yeah. He's gonna he's gonna go for he's going in for the kill. He's not going in just to, you know, stick a light bulb up his nose and watch it light up, you know, he's it's going in there. Uh, yeah, going you, for the neck. You, you're right. Because I, I mean, I think um, I think I might have. I thought about choosing gremlins. I must admit, but I think they're more likely to just dick about than they are actually uh, get on with the job. Whereas I think they'd probably get on with the uh, the old monsters. They'd probably get on with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go then. So we're 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 both heading down the chucky family i think that i think that you know, that's the best protection you can get um yeah. originally i was going to offer the puppet master toys but because you hadn't seen that i thought it was a bit of unfair question yeah really. I, I do apologize <laughs> no no you can't have seen everything and i've only seen puppet master once and as i recall one of them has a drill on their head i've only seen child's play and child's play so again that you know oh really oh if it's a child's play from the child's play remake, like that thing, that thing could go. Be, uh, well, originally I was going to offer you that, but I didn't know. It'd be using uh, Siri and everything, or, or whatever. I didn't know whether you'd, you'd have. Yeah, but there's no electronics, is there? So yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, still. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we've done it. That's who would you we've rather? We, yeah, so I'm we, sticking we, with my answer. We'd we've would we rather that. Um, <laughs> so. We're going to get into the first slice of bread, which uh, on the Facebook group, I asked some people if they had any questions they wanted, wanted us to answer. And uh, Matthew came on there. And one of the things he asked was who our favorite director was. No, Matthew from uh, American Werewolf in London and the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie that we did. Um, he asked who our favorite director was. So um Originally, I sort of vaguely hoped that um, we were going to get more questions than this so we could do a few, but I figured we'd be able to get a decent amount out of favourite director. Um, so I know we had a little conversation before we started and both of us were sort of um, on the fence a bit, really, about what we were going to choose. So I reckon we'll have a bit, a, a bit of a chat about it. Yeah, yeah. Because my first original thought, as soon as I read it, was David Cronenberg and... But I was basing that a lot around The Fly because uh, it's a film that I really love and um, I quite like Scanners too. But then I also started thinking I'm not sure what else he's done that I'd like that much or, you know, some of his movies can be a bit complicated or I don't really know what the term is, but I like out of reach of, you know, just like normal plot. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, a bit obtuse, isn't he, as a filmmaker? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cronenberg uh, came up for me. So I think the, the biggest problem that I had with thinking this is like, where where do I draw the line at horror? Right. 
because you know how many great directors have done a lot of horror and then moved away from it mm. you know because uh, Guillermo del Toro for example you know he's he is a horror guy but he doesn't really direct too much in the way of horror anymore no. I think you know Shape of Water uh, the two Hellboy films that he did Nightmare Alley you know they're not really horror films you can see no. where he's taken his horror past and used it but you know they're not they're not horror films and you know the same thing is, has come up quite a few times with directors you know, Stanley Kubrick one of my favourite directors he only really did one horror film yeah. Hitchcock yeah. did yeah. Psycho but also did a lot of stuff so finding who am I picking was the biggest problem yeah. I had there yeah, because I thought about uh, Hitchcock myself, um, but I sort of I think I I I, I guess I aired on that you know Psycho is probably a horror, but the Birds maybe is, but most of what he did was sort of tense thrillers, and I don't know. Yeah, noir tinged thriller yeah. and things like that. So yeah, yeah. So really, it was I think qualifying it was uh, hard enough. It was the the first hard task. And then the, the second thing that I struggled with was what about, you know, directors that are getting going? Because I think like Ari Aster, Robert Eggers, Jordan Peele, incredible filmmakers. And mm. if they continue to work in horror, will almost certainly be, be in this list. Uh, but, you know, even then Robert Eggers, the Northman, he moved away from horror really. And I'd say Jordan Peele kind of did. Do. He's still sort of semi-stuck to to horror with Nope. Uh, so yeah, that was that was problem number two that I had. <laughs> right. And then problem um, number three was that oh gosh. a lot of that there are a lot of great directors who I just think I've not quite seen enough of. You know, I've only seen two Argento films, for example. You know. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. a guy who comes up all the time, but I, I, I can't really say. Yeah, I sort of, um, I looked at Argento as well, and I, I, most of his films, again, I find very sort of either confusing or they're just not what I what I would enjoy. But then, you know, I realised that I, that it wasn't his movie. But when I watched Demons, I didn't really like it the first time, but the second time, it was an absolute blast. So. His films might be a slow burn one for me. Um, I think you've you've got to settle into the style for for that. I think uh, I think that's true. I think that's true because there's another Italian director who's I'm sorry, name escapes me, and so I don't know why I brought him up. Um, some of his work in the zombie franchise has has been very good, and um, so we have, of course, got. I'd probably say. The big three, really. So you've got Romero, Craven, and Carpenter. They, they were the exact same three that I whittled myself down to as well. Yeah. Uh, with all my things. So... I think out of those three, the one that I, I most go along with is, is Carpenter. Yes. He's, yeah. he's the, the, the one that sticks out for me. Yeah, I, I, well... I, I kind of agree with you actually because I was looking uh looking through 
those movies and I'm thinking nearly every one of John Carpenter's movies is, is an absolute banger. Um, you know, from sort of when you look at Halloween starting the the slasher franchise and the thing being the body horror that it that it that it is and I think we watched Christine, which again was something different. So we, we did. Uh There Live is another one yeah. that I love. Uh yeah. sort so, of that's horror in a social setting. So not only can he do horror, it um he can do different styles of horror, which yeah, is absolutely which is something I think it would be easy to set on Carpenter because of that. But of course, Craven you know, has also done very, very different things, starting with like his first film, Last House on the Left, which, you know, has got quite a, I don't know if it's a legacy so much as, I guess it is a legacy really, because it it has um that history of being, you know, this film that you shouldn't watch. And it's still pretty grim to this day, uh, I'd say, unlike say The Hills of Eyes, which I watched recently. And I've said before on this, I don't think has aged particularly well. But and obviously Freddy Krueger. Well, I, I think uh, what I would say about uh, Wes Craven, I think his legacy is that he's always he's always brought the genre back uh, from a place where it's you know possibly felt quite stale. Yeah, you know, yeah. He, he was he was very good at doing that. You know, uh, Scream I would say is probably the biggest factor in that maybe nightmare on elm street but where it's you know it's getting quite dull and he's injected a shot of you know shot into the arm of the genre yeah absolutely absolutely and i think it's that that's even the same with his early films i think you know it wasn't um nothing was quite as good as what he'd been what he'd produced everything was very b-movie um so no you, you you're right there's that and then i guess of course romero who's mainly known for his work in zombies. Um, but also I think that um, the thing with Romero movies and is they're a little bit deeper than um, than just what's on the outside of them, which I, I've always really liked about them. There's always just a little bit of extra messaging in there. And I'm not, I'm not a clever film person, so I don't always get these things. But I think with him, I often see what he's trying to tell me <laughs> and i like that <laughs> yeah i sort of feel with romero that he was a proper filmmaker which I, I, sounds dismissive of a lot of others certainly not any of the ones we've already spoken about but he you know he's not you know he wasn't just a gun for hire uh you know studio guy uh you know put something on the screen make some money get it out keep the system going you know it was he was a guy who, you know, he knew how to to craft a film. He knew how to tell a story. You know, work with the script, and like you say, put his those extra messages across. And what was so good about him is that he always he always felt like he was just doing it in the horror genre because he wanted to. Yes, yeah. You know, he could have told these stories any which way he wanted to, but he wanted to do it with zombies, and that's great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I am a big fan of Romero. Um, and those glasses, you know, those glasses and the, his, just his big smiley face that he always had. Yeah. You know, he gets bonus points for that. 
he was uh, he was definitely um yeah definitely a character uh but it's like i guess we have to settle <laughs> based on the question we're going one of us is we're going to have to settle on what we think is um who who our favorite is and but i think if you were going to present me with a question of who's you know you, you're putting me on a desert island i can only take one of their filmographies with me. Mm-hmm. I would take John Carpenter's. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll go with it just for that. Well, I'm I'm sort of going to take a similar out to that in in so much as I'm going to look at it and say what what movie could you watch? You know, which of his movies would you watch over and over? And I think I'm going to go for Romero actually because. Um, I love Night of the Living Dead. It's one one of my one of my favorites. The original is so good, um, and of course, uh, Dawn of the Dead uh, is entirely rewatchable. Not that the other ones aren't rewatchable, but um, I think I would get the most out of those ones. I'd enjoy them more and more. So, I'm gonna go for Romero in this particular instance, um, but I think I could uh, I think I could easily flip flop to one of the others on a on a different day depending on what mood i'm in <laughs> yeah well i think we've uh we've, we've had a good chat we've, we've argued strong cases for all of them and yeah i think that's I, what i certainly should... wouldn't argue with your choice <laughs> well you know me i always like to defend whatever it is i said even even if it's just my opinion please accept what i say uh but yeah i think um like i say we've We've had a nice discussion there, and I hope Matthew's happy with what we've said about the old directors there. And uh, I think, like I just said anyway, I think on any given day we could probably choose a different one and still be right and still be happy because um, we've been lucky to have a lot of good ones. Uh, yeah, and ask me again in a few years, and like we say, we might get a few new names to be added to that little list. Yeah, sure, yeah. Well, I was going to mention Ariaster as well. I mean, I knew you would anyway, but um, he's certainly done great I would, things. I would put him at the, the top of the list in terms of... Uh, new directors. Uh, yeah, new new horror directors, you know, that new breed that's, uh, that, that's coming through. Yeah. Produce the, the ones that I like best. Lovely. Right, well, that was the, that was the first slice of bread. So uh, it's time to get into the delicious, delicious festive filling um some sort of um can you eat stuffing are you allowed to eat paxo in your vegetarian thing uh as far as i know i think it's just it's a sage and onion isn't it just breadcrumbs and stuff i guess yeah. they, they don't put they don't put like meat do they in the uh no well the, the package stuff not in the package stuff no no um, oh well, we'll we'll have one of them in a sandwich. I don't know if it's any good or not, but we'll have that. <laughs> We're only going to ruin it later with blood. Uh, so, as I've said, and as of course the title of the episode is, we're talking about Krampus from 2015. Whoa. Now, Krampus, as you may know, is sort of originally uh, from the 16th century, and his original. Um, uh, job was to just assist Santa and he in, and while Santa brought gifts and things to the nice children he brought birch rods to the um 
to the bad kids. Oh, that's um. So uh, for a whipping, I suppose. For a general... Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if I had a birch rod, that I wouldn't think that, that would be particularly bad because I could use it to steal the presents from the other kids by whipping them. Yeah, they're, they're nerds. I, I have a birch rod. I so. think the birch rod was given to maybe someone else to give you the whipping. I I assume so. Yeah. Uh, Krampus is from the Bavarian Krampen, which means either dead or rotten, or the German Krampen, which is also claw, uh, which is fun. Uh, Krampus traditionally is uh, shown with horns and cloven hooves, which is something that we get to see in the film. (laughs) What I found here is... They have a Krampusnacht, which is on the 5th of December, which is uh, the day before the sort of... <laughs> I was just going to say it's the day before the 6th of December, which, of course... That is that is correct. That, yeah. is, that is a true fact. But on um, on the 6th of December, they, uh, they honour, like, St. Nicholas or whatever. That, that's St. Nicholas's Day, isn't it? Is, uh... Yeah. So on on the fifth day of Krampusnacht, and he visits homes and businesses and leaves coal for the naughty children. Um, Which now, quite valuable. Yeah, lovely bit of coal. Lovely bit of coal. Yeah, so that's a little bit of history about Krampus. Um, There you go, you didn't expect that, did you? (laughs) No, I didn't. (laughs) But uh, one thing I would just like to add to that is Google Krampus uh, and image search it because like the the artwork around sort of that uh you know sort of 1800 sort of Victorian era Krampus pictures are fantastic. Yes, they are absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I went down I wrote down only a few things today just because I I felt like it was well not important but I wasn't sure how much you would have to say about the movie so I padded it out. <laughs> um so yeah, Krampus 2015, directed by Michael Doherty, uh, with a budget of 50 million and box office in at 61.5 million. So successful movie, I should say. And who's in it? Oh, I've screwed myself by doing a a, a big cast one again. So we've got MJ Anthony as Max, Adam Scott as Tom, Tony Collette as Sarah. I texted you in the week, didn't I? Because I totally forgot she was in that. You did, yes. <laughs> um, David Kircher as Uncle Howard. Alison Tolman as Aunt Linda. Conchetta Farrell as Aunt Dorothy. Uh, Stefina Levine-Owen as Beth. Krista Stadler as Omi. Lolo Owen as Stevie. Queenie Samuel as Jordan. And Maverick Flack as Howie Jr. So we've got a whole heap of... of of festis, festicists, that's not even a word, of festive characters here. So the movie really revolves around um, this family having a family Christmas, the uncles and everyone show up and nobody really likes anybody. Max himself is still sort of a quite a big believer in Santa Claus, but given a bit of a tussle with his cousins and being annoyed that nobody seems to like Christmas that much anymore, he tears up his letter for Santa and throws it out of the window. And fucked up shit starts happening, um, which of course we'll talk about now. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. So, 
we've got to talk about the opening scene of this, <laughs> the opening credits. Um, yeah, because well, I think I think they're a delight, awful, and um, sort of. I must admit, I thought a bit about you during watching this because it was a little bit, um, not exactly on the nose about what you were saying with Gremlins, but it certainly showed this awful uh, side of Christmas. That's exactly what I was thinking when I watched it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Christmas movies, to be successful, have to inherently be anti-consumerist. And this is... it. I don't think there's ever been a more crystallized way of putting that forward without any words at all no but it's um so obviously being the podcast we can't just say (laughs) what we thought about it so basically it's a shopping mall waiting to open people come in and they're just piling around it's like a sort of it's like those black Black friday youtube videos yeah exactly yeah on masks you know punching and tasers and all sorts of stuff. It's it's fun to watch, but also tragic as well because you know it's a sort of real. You thing. know, it's just real enough to not tip into outright parody, don't you? You know, it's yeah, yeah, um, or exaggerated parody rather. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's comedy in there, but it's also quite tragic. Yeah, it's just it's just this side of real, and it's worrying as a result of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was going to say to you, I think this movie's a very much like what you'd expect a Christmas movie to be like. Um, it's got an awful family with potentially one or two people in it who really want everyone to come together for Christmas and sort of along the way, they learn that there's more important things than, uh, yeah, I felt a bit gifts and <laughs> I felt a bit strange with the characters in this one, to be honest with you, because uh, they're all they're all very sort of flat two D characters. None of them are particularly interesting, and they all seem like just caricatures. But it feels very deliberate in that they've done that because right, yeah. they need to just create tension between them, you know, they need to, to create disharmony there without having to do anything because, you know, f- family dynamics, you know, can be gotten across in film fairly quickly, but the quickest and simplest way to do it is to just portray these people as one yeah. person says X, the other person says Y. Yeah, yeah. And hilarity ensues, you know. Yeah, because it is... Like I say, it is on its face of it. It's a Christmas film, but it's also very much a horror film. Um, so it's it's an odd duck in so much as they have to set up the characters to a degree, but they also need to be cannon fodder as well. Um, so, and they also have to be able to to come together, don't they? Uh, yeah, which, for, for Christmas, which they do, I I think. Um, so let's see. One thing that I would say, and also that, that really, like, sort of didn't sit right with me throughout the whole film as well, is that the the grandmother in the film, uh, the the German grandmother, mm-hmm. looks so much more like Tony Collette than she looks like Adam Scott. 
Right. Yeah. Like yeah. there are there are scenes there where she she like she does these little turns to camera and stuff and like just like one bit of the face. I'm like that could be Tony Collette's mum, but yeah, she's not cast to be, and it no, weirded not. me out. No. Uh, and I think she's probably the best character in this. Um, aside, aside from the fact that she speaks German the whole time, just uh, even though she's got quite a good grasp on English, um, because well, I was going to save this to the end, but I'll do it now actually. Um, because she knows more about Krampus than anybody else, and at some point she retells something that happened to her in her past. Um, but we get that as like an animated sort of short, which I really like. I really like the animated bit. Um, yeah, it kind of gave you the feeling of sort of those old Christmas cartoons, didn't it? Yes, yeah. It, 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 it's very good. It manages to be a little bit frightening. Um, yeah, it's sort of like a, a, a modern 3D twist on it, wasn't it, as well? And then hmm. Krampus felt more like a sort of a, a 2D cel-shaded sort of creature within it. Yeah, it was a re- really nice animated style and... It's just an interesting way to sort of to tell that flashback as well. Yeah. So in terms of horror, this movie, um now it's I'd say it starts off initially with just the snowmen growing outside. Well not growing, but they just seem to turn up. And I sort of like that as an idea. Um it's very it's just very steady to start off with. But uh, the character of Beth goes out walking. Uh, not walking. <laughs> I'm up for a walk. And I don't think we've explained that a huge storm comes along and blows out all the electricity and possibly water. Like you say, the water pipes are probably frozen. Um, but she goes to see her boyfriend because, I don't know. It seems he might like, be able to help if he's got power like or a, anything, yeah. Seems like a weird idea to let her go, considering. But they do. But during this scene, there's a moment where she sees Krampus on the roof. Um, and as she's walking along faster, he's jumping from roof to roof. And I think it's a really, really great effect. Um, it works fantastically um, as just being doing what Santa does, but very much being an anti version of it. Um, it does, but I do have a massive problem with it, but we'll get to that later. Okay. In, in this scene, I think it's brilliant. Right. Uh, oh, but later on, it's not as good. Well, <laughs> well yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. 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 Well, um, was I don't really, I don't really know how to say all this because I think a lot of what happens in this is very, um, uh, I don't even know what the word is. It just hits beats, doesn't it? Rather than, um, you know, it's I like kind if... of felt that it hits, uh, hits different genres. Yeah, that's true. Uh, from it time to that. time. So it sort of has this, you know, this spell where she's she's walking through uh you know, through this snowy area and Krampus is jumping around. You know, and that gives it like this uh sort of you know, like a hunter kind of vampire feel. Sort yeah. of like. yeah. And then later on it turns into like a home invasion kind of movie for your five minutes or so. Yeah, it's got a tremors feel at one point. Yeah, we might can find it. And then it moves into more, you know, more of a gremlins mm. you know, sort of uh sort of wacky little monster movie. And it's yeah, it's it's weird how it does that, but 
it it does keep you know consistent throughout, but also you know does play around with all these things. Yeah, it just it, just, it travel. It, it, like I say, it sort of feels like it hits those horror beats. Really, it sort of goes, you know. Well, like you say, the the sort of dad, uh, sorry, Adam Scott and Uncle Howard, they go out and, you know, there's a lot to that sort of frozen loneliness and, you know, they don't know what's going on out there. And like I said, I think there's a bit of a sort of tremors bit where, you know, something happens and you don't see what's going on. But then I think, well, the main part that I really want to talk about with this film, the thing that I think really hits with me is... Um, the bits that go on in the home, um, which are, well, the gingerbread man. Yeah. Who, um, I'd say the CGI hasn't aged great on them, but they still don't look terrible. And they've got a very Gremlins vibe to them. They do. Um, I kind of think with them, you can get away with aging. Sort of. It didn't bother. It didn't bother me. I just. Uh, yeah. Cause they kind of look anachronistic as it is, don't they? You know, they, they look out of place and yeah uh, it, it's like a cartoon really being yeah definitely yeah happening there yeah and so i think uh, they did age badly but also don't really age at all at the same time don't they it's true that is very true and um, and there are of course some other sort of demonic toys in this and we'll go through them so there's um like an angel baby thing with a long tongue which is awful um and a robot robot guy with a saw but for me the one that stands out above and beyond all the others is one of the most horrifying things to be committed to film i think is the jack-in-a-box which is just this huge jack-in-a-box sort of almost snake-like in a way well it is isn't it and it's got that sort of predator mouth, but it seems to swallow its people whole. And it's just a really awful thing to look at. Um, and I think ge- generally quite scary. Well, I mean, it didn't scare me, but nothing does <laughs> these days. <laughs> Too tough for that. But I wouldn't show it to my kids. Yeah, so you, you've hit on something there, which is what I thought while watching this, in that it, I f- felt that this film was designed for like your pre-teens and well, not sort of pre-teens but you know early teens and kids around sort of 12 13 14 that are watching it in groups for a scary movie so i don't think there's going to be anything in it that really scares you know a, a grown-up no uh, but and there's nothing in it that's going to traumatize this but i think they'll get enough out of it to be you know pretty spooked and have a bit of fun with it while still being kind of childish as well yeah yeah you know it it feels like it's one of those films that's made to that young people will feel transgressive watching it right yeah really being transgressive Hmm. yeah it's um yeah, well, I it's like a nice, it. it's a nice place to be. It's a nice little pocket there, it, I think. It's you know. a lovely little pocket, especially considering that it's based, it's sort of a Christmas film, so you don't want it to be too grim. Yeah. Although, as we know, Christmas is rather grim. It can be. Um, so, 
What was that noise? Krampus. Oh, my computer just made a noise. Everything seems to be running, though. Um, So I think you might agree with me here is that this... I do like this movie, but it does start losing itself towards the back end uh, when the elves show up. Um, even though the, I think the, the design of the elves is really good, um, it's sort of... It feels like they sort of hurry the plot along at that point. Um, yeah, it you you've got the sort of second act. I'd say, well, you know, you start seeing. Uh, it, it starts with with the young sister getting the first to go, and then the the young lad who has pretty much nothing to do in the entire film, apart from just get taken by the jack in the box at this one point, and. You know, it's, it's people start getting picked off. Then they do the whole home invasion monster bit. And then it, it all just seems to rush into the climax. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's, it, it, it's a bit of an odd thing, but I think, I, I guess that, um, well, we're sort of heading towards, oh no, there was something you wanted to bring up, I think. Um well, it is around this point, actually, because right, when okay. they rush into this climax, that's when we start getting Krampus coming down the chimney and, and doing his Krampusy bits. And it, the, my, the issues that I've got are all around, all around the creature design. Right, yeah. Because they they all look amazing. They're, they're well-designed. I, I would say for Krampus, it doesn't really look like those sort of 19th century illustrations that I spoke about that I enjoy so much. It looked more human than that. It looks like Evil Santa. Basically. It looks like Evil Santa, yeah. But, yeah, so they've got the, the, this design and it's, it's all great. And earlier in the film, we saw Krampus jumping around from roof to roof. But whenever you actually see him in any of these scenes, it looks like he's stuck and moving on tracks, like it's mm. like a funfair ride. Right, yeah. No, yeah. and you know, that's not necessarily a bad look because it, it looks, you know, it looks good in in that one regard. But then I'm supposed to believe that this enormous block that shuffles along was also jumping from roof to roof earlier. Mm. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Um, and I guess... I guess practically the only thing is it was probably an awful costume to wear. <laughs> yeah, I was. I couldn't really pick what they'd what they'd done with it. Do you think it was was it a bloke in a suit? Because there was yeah, a bit with the big CGI tongue, wasn't there? And I think it was. Yeah, I think I saw that there was um, there was a voice of and, and someone dressed up as. So yeah, I thought it um, might be sort of puppet work or your know, statue work with it. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of everything. There will have been some CGI in there because, like you say, they've got the big tongue. And um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of like the bit when he comes down the chimney because he's got that sort of. It's a bit. Yeah, of a, we, it's a bit of a trope, really, when you have a giant thing that that comes from sort of crouched up to its full height, and you get that yeah, sort of and you sort of get the scope. horns coming out of the yeah. the chimney breast first and stuff. Yeah, and like I say, there's a lot of it that I really did enjoy but i think it kind of falls apart once there has to be any movement in it 
Yeah, yeah. There's not just that, though. I think um, it gets a bit confusing about what's actually going on as well, like uh, the fire pit and... Um, or, I, or, I, or I thought so. It was a bit sort of... I wasn't quite sure sort of what was happening because we sort of get the idea that it's not whether you're bad or good, it's how you hold Christmas in your heart sort of thing. Yeah, um, that was something that I, I just couldn't quite couldn't quite get on board with because it you know, losing hope it is what they you know what they go for all the time and they use that metaphor of the fireplace for it. And it's like that's not something that you should be punished for. Losing hope is is a it's a sad thing, isn't it? It's not like a, a moral failing, you know. It, and it's you know why why would Krampus come for that? You know, surely Krampus should be coming to punish bad people. And you know, for the most part, these are good people. They're just. Yeah. I suppose the only other thing is there's an argument in there to say that when we hear Omni Omni's um backstory that it's all sort of really her fault for from what I can tell, wishing everybody in a village was not alive anymore. <laughs> um or at least not around. So Yeah, um, it's I, I guess there is like... something in that. But really, the real ending of this is um unless you've got anything to say, a sort of No, I think I've uh yeah, I've got to, I've got just one question for uh, for the end of it. So I'll, I'll let you go and then I'll come to that in a second. All right. Well, so the sort of ending of this is we get a sort of what you'd expect to be a sort of general happy Christmas ending where uh, the kid wakes up in his bed. Everybody's there. Everybody seems to be getting on well. Um, and then he opens a gift, which inside is a bell from Krampus. And um, at that point, everybody there seems to remember exactly what had happened to them. And then we pan out and we see that they are, in fact, stuck inside a snow globe. And um, it sort of tells us that Krampus isn't there to sort of bring you hope or, you know, give you a redemption. He's there to punish you, basically. Um so it's a bit of an odd ending for me, really. It leaves me, even though I actually do really like this film, um, it always leaves me a bit sort of, I don't know what that was. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really liked the the scene when he first opens the present. He's got the little bell. Because uh, he, he comes, little Max is the last one into the room, isn't he? And, you know, they ask him if he's okay. And he's like, oh, must have just been a dream. And then he opens a present and everyone sort of has that realisation together. It's just like, you, you feel there's this massive unspoken thing in the room. And it's yeah. like, oh, oh every, everyone's had this. This isn't a dream. You know, you have that, everyone has that creeping realisation together. And you don't really, you don't see that all that much, do you? No, it's sort of, ref, you know, uh, confined to a single character to have that. Yes, so, it, 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 it's it's interesting. I think it's just, um, and I like that part. I think it's the coming out on the snow globe that always confuses me. I'm like, yeah, oh, I, are they trapped in there now? Well, they, are they always doomed to celebrate Christmas? Yeah, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world, is it? Well, it's 
Certainly, uh, Wizard will be making a lot of money in royalties. <laughs> it's like at the end of it, you, you you get that happy ending where you know everything's happy, all the family are getting along, and they're celebrating Christmas together. Is, is that really a downbeat ending? Even though they're stuck in a snow globe, because you all I, seem quite I think happy. that's why it's so confusing. But I guess it's not, though, is it? Because, as you said, they all come to this sort of realisation that, that they probably are fucked. Um, or, I don't know. It's it's a hard, well, I think it's a hard one to, to say, really. There's a lot of vague stuff there, isn't there? It's like, yeah. what happens with... Are they, are they just going to run out of food in there or you know are they going to be stuck in there with some sort of groundhog day christmas situation or or what and yeah it leaves it leaves with more questions than answers doesn't it which i suppose isn't the worst thing in the world um well i mean in terms of in terms of, of horror christmas horror films it's i don't think we're going to be losing too much sleep about it are we no no, no. So I guess that um, I'll just tell you. I, I, I'm not going to guess that I'll tell you what the internet said because um, I'm actually going to tell you. So it's a 6.2 on IMDb, uh, 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I haven't written down the letterbox. Let me just see if I can get it up. Although you might have access to it faster than me. Go on. I'll have a quick look then now for. Because I'd already seen this film before. I didn't log it when I watched it recently, so it's uh, it's more of a search than normal. Uh, it has a three point zero. It's bang in the middle. Mm. So the world, it seems, would call it a new. It's spooky if we were if we were giving it that. Personally, for me, I feel like I'm doling these out a lot lately, but I'm going to give it a creative psychopath because. Um, it's in my list of Christmas films that I watch every year, um, along with the Santa Claus and Scrooge. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, and I always really like it, and I think as a horror film, it 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 works. It's got fantastic effects. I think the toys look great. The Krampus himself looks great. Plot wise, it's a bit, eh, but that doesn't matter to me. Most Christmas films are a bit. Eh. <laughs> You know, aside from maybe it's a wonderful life that's got a wonderful plot ish. Yeah. Well, until I went and ruined it last week. <laughs> it's an awful life. I'll keep thinking about that, you know, and it's, yeah, it's messing with my head. I should never have said it. Uh, but yeah, so I watched this film, I think maybe last year, maybe the year before for the first time. Mm. And I, I really didn't care for it at all. I, you know, I didn't hate it by any stretch, but I just, it just didn't really do anything for me. Uh, but I think this time I'm feeling more warmly towards it. I enjoyed it more than this time I did before. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's... I think I found where it is, you know, that, that pocket we spoke about, you know, sort of... It feels that it's sort of for younger people and people that want to you know want something a bit lighter uh and something a bit horror at the same time so it's i still think it's not for me it's not quite my groove but 
Uh, yeah, certainly when I realised that, I softened towards it. So I'm going to say it's a new that's spooky, I think. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I think, uh, like I say, it's gotten a pass from me a lot because it's in my must-watch Christmas but movies. With it being a, a Michael uh, Michael Doherty film, you're a big trick-or-treat guy as well, aren't you? And that, that was another I one that, that left me completely cold. So, Trick-or-treat? Yeah, so I think, again, hmm. I might have to... Uh, I might have to revisit that as well and, and see if my, my opinion changes on that one too. Trick or treat. You never told me that. Yeah, I went <laughs> I went to the cinema for it and everything. Yeah. Oh. oh no. And that's my Halloween much watch, so maybe I like this guy. <laughs> well, he's, uh, we we need to start getting him making films about other holidays. Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna have to see what else he's done now. You know, I didn't even register that it was the same guy, which is bad. I'll admit. Oh, and Godzilla King of the Monsters. I love that movie. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, also <laughs> a, a bit more uh a bit more writing as well, hasn't he? He's written some good films too. Yeah. No, yeah, uh, King of the Monsters. Oh, I'm very happy about that. Oh yeah, I do like that guy. I love King of the Monsters. I know most people didn't didn't it didn't resonate with most people, but for me it was just exactly what I wanted. <laughs> so yeah, lovely. Uh, right, so next week uh, we're going to be doing your we're doing a top five of twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's going to um, be our last one for the year. Uh, be our last take one a for the year. Break before coming back in twenty twenty three and starting all this again. Yes, we'll come back in the new year. Where and I'm going to take. I'm going to take a decent horror break. I think I'm going to stop watching horror milk films for a few for a couple of weeks. Um, that'll be nice for me. Although I do want I'm, to finish watching Wednesday. I've started watching Wednesday, and it's all right. I'm going to be watching some, but I think I'm going to uh, decrease my intake. Yeah, I I will be going wild watching as many films from the last year as I can, so I can do a comprehensive Oscars list. Because I'm that sad. No, you're not sad. You're wonderful. Right. So let's see. Um, that was your filling. So let's dip into this final slice of bread, which is just going to be, um, yeah, what what movie or movies you'd like to cover next year. Um, and we'll definitely do them. So you can have one or two if you like, whatever you want. <laughs> well, I'm going to say one thing that we know for sure is that we're going to be doing f up February. Yeah, we've got that. And uh, I I believe one of the films that's already inked in for that one is Green Room. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very, very excited for doing that because I absolutely love that film. So that's, that's going to be my first answer for this. Which you already know we're doing. Well, I mean... There are films we know we're going to do. For example, we've already agreed to do Lost Boys uh, with Andy, so that'll be happening. Yeah, we've got the uh, we've got the sleepover coming up in September. Well, that's going to be a while off yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my my thinking is then I actually uh, the first part of the the podcast informed this bit when we think about all those directors. So I'm wanting to do films 
that sort of acclaimed directors made when they were still doing the horror stuff. Hmm. So I'm thinking, you know, early Del Toro stuff, uh, Kronos and Mimic, uh, more Kronos because he didn't like making Mimic. Uh, I'm thinking Bong Joon-ho, do uh, the host. You know, I think we got a few of those bits where we can sort of, you know, get into uh, some of those those big names uh, before they were big names sort of thing. You know, we could like some of the earlier Peter Jackson ones, we could do the Frighteners maybe. You know, just again. <laughs> Don't make me watch Peter Jackson films. <laughs> uh Right, well, what do I want to do? I've actually, even though I said a couple to you, I've, I think I've got, I've got three in mind. Uh, I'll just actually no, I'll just pick two. So I want to do uh, King Kong, um, because King Kong was my dad's favorite film, and I think, you know, it'd be a nice way for me us to sort of pay tribute to just watch it and realize why it's a good film. Plus, it'll add into. Um, what we were thinking about doing, you know, those old films pre-war. I think that's pre-war. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly you know, that sort of uh, old stop-motion style filmmaking. So I uh, don't know the exact year, but it certainly fits into the uh, the feeling that we, we had for, for that nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it's... Not... Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I want to say it's 1933, and it was. Um, so, yeah. That'd be fun. And I would like to do um, I Saw the Devil, which I saw this year and I thought was really great. Um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, so, yeah, I Saw the Devil, which is a is it Korean, I think. Yeah, uh, directed by Kim Ji-woon. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's one that I've I've got in my watch list already because I haven't seen it. So yeah, I'm looking yeah. For, I'm looking forward to that because it, it was it was one that took me by surprise. And I don't know if I've said that on here before, but if we, if I'd seen this before we did our top five foreign horror films, it would have made it into the list without a doubt, um, easily. Um, yeah, it's what uh, one of two of uh, his films that I really wanted to see because he also made a Tale of Two Sisters, which. Uh, is is another film that comes up quite a lot when you're looking at these uh, acclaimed films that aren't in the English language. So, yeah, looking looking forward to when we get round to that. Yes, yeah, me too. Um, the only thing that I did want to say is we are going to be doing some more top fives, uh, and I think we'll probably talk about that again in the next episode. But I was thinking we could do top five twists. Uh, yeah, uh, that'd be a good. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I can agonise over what I actually constitute as a twist or rather a plot development <laughs> once we get to that. Because <laughs> I can't do them simply, obviously. No, well, I know what my favourite twist is in a movie and uh, it, it it twists early, so... Um... It's uh, like the one we did last summer. What did we do last summer? The song. The, the, the twist again. Tom. Oh, I see. It wasn't um, a good joke. Um, no. <laughs> you keep losing me on stuff. I keep um, making bad jokes. That's my fault. It's not a bad joke. I'm just an idiot. Uh, right. So, uh, yeah. It was, was really good. It did a good joke. It would be, I know what you did last summer. 
And it would be a twist. Would that have a twist? Sort of. Yeah, I guess. It wor- It works with the song. <laughs> I give you way too much editing work to do, Donna. No, I just uh, I, I just delete the bits that just don't make le- sense. Leave them in and make me look like the fool. I don't do that. I don't I do that. I don't do that. Um, because I don't look daft either. Oh no, I forgot what I was doing. I think you were going to be plugging the social media. I was, I was, but um, horror sandwich. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to stick a living gingerbread man in it. I don't know why, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it might taste quite nice. Yeah, it'd be annoying. Um, Give it a good crunch. Actually, actually, that is one bit about that film that I totally forgot to mention. Was there's a bit when the guy's about to get attacked by one of the gingerbread men and the dog just eats it, which I really quite like, even though it was on oh, fire. And I also forgot to say whammy at any point because whenever I see David Kirchner, well, he's not David Kirchner. He's champ kind, and always will be champ kind. So whammy. I think I remember him from The Office, the American Office. Oh, yeah. the one with Brick Tamlandin as the, the main guy. Yeah, that's right, yeah. 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 Uh, right, yeah, social medias, go follow them all. Uh, Facebook, Facebook's a good place to be because we are we do try and get invo- you involved each week. Um, we didn't get anything with Krampus this week apart from the fact that someone has said they hadn't seen it, which, uh, well, Chris said he hadn't seen it, and I said go watch it, but I don't know if he did. Um, also on there recently, Chris, in fact, was talking about the remake for Black Christmas. So, yeah, we go on there. We we do have some more discussions. I think next year we'll try and make a few more actual discussions in there, which will be nice. Um, Instagram, you can go on there. I don't really tweet, so don't bother following that. Um, and the other thing is, like I said last time, if you if you don't download, ideally, if you could, that would be a delight. And um, do you know what I was going to sing at the end of this, but I forgot about, forgot to say it. Um, oh, I might do it anyway. Might as well murder a song while we're talking about murdering stuff. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm I'm here for you. Should we just you go? go I'll harmonize. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm too nervous. If you were here, I might do it. (laughs) Okay. Right. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.